Do you approve of this week's pull request? What's a pull request? It's the name of the show. Oh. <laughs> His Pull Request, live from the heart of Brooklyn. Pull Request is an hour-long podcast about everything in and relating to technology. With two techno experts, Eric Newman, hi, and Luch Ugen. Hey, guys. This week's episode, Persons of Consequence, Luch Ugen. Yeah, that's Hello, my name. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another pull request number 77. I had to cut you off because I have to do the intro on my own show. Luch, welcome. This is, this is, uh, 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 oh, I didn't even see. I you totally missed it. Uh, let's, okay. Hi, my name is Eric Newman, and across from me is a wonderful person who I, I've been on his podcast, and now he's coming on mine. This is a massive quid pro quo with all these cameras pointing in my face. I didn't do makeup today. Luch. Good to see you. Good to see me. You're pointing a phone in my face. It's going to make me very self-conscious about how I look today. No. Um, it's, you know, I, uh, I don't, I never, I never got that. I never got that. What was that? Unabashedly handsome compliment. From Unobtrusive. Unobtrusively handsome. No one's ever said that. Or hopefully someone will say that about me, but I'm not fishing for compliments. Anyway, um, it's quite a pleasure to have you here, Luch. Uh, and it's, it's great that you're really not paying attention to me because you're on your phone which is very very millennial of you to do what what do you what do you do i don't want to put on the explicit tag what are you doing i'm putting you on the spot putting me on the spot you didn't even we spent all this time preparing and then at the very last minute while we're doing the show you take out your phone and just like hi how's it going exactly that's what i do that is what you do that's fantastic and i just have to make sure i'm not horribly horribly clipping on the uh, on the other side um so Aluch, for the for the people who uh, are you gonna sit down? No, I you stand. stand. Can I stand? You too? can totally stand. Bring the okay. mic up with All you. All right, okay. Why not? I've never stood up. Actually, I'm gonna sit. Th- I don't want to readjust it again. That's okay. gonna give you another panic attack. It's, it's so. not another panic attack. <laughs> it's just making another 15 minutes. So why of- is the music playing? I'm waiting for it to go down so we can talk. It I'm, plays, I'm getting it fades out. angry. This is angry I'm music. Frustrated. It's technology music. It's digital. It sound doesn't it sound like a computer? It sounds very authentic to me. They, it sounds like live instruments. They are live instruments. This band is called Wolfpack. Have you heard of them? I have not. It sounds like uh, V-U-L-F-P-E-C-K. I saw that you had a poster of this. Yeah, right there. Right They're there. my favorite band right now. And I. Um, Why is it that you're lying to me about them being a digital band when you're I said professing this, I said it sounds them? digital. It doesn't, though. This doesn't sound like an inside This of a sounds very, very like... Authentic. It sounds like a vinyl Stevie Wonder vinyl record to me. Huh. Interesting. I. You know what? Can I turn it up a little bit more. It's almost. It's, we're at the end, oh, so okay. it's gonna. But it's gonna fade out on its own. That's okay. It. Well, but, you know uh, what? We have different ears. We it, we do. I have Turkish ears, and you have uh, Jewish American ears. Jewish ears. That's right. And I have a nice Jewish voice. And one other person that I forgot to introduce, of course. How could we not? Is our wonderful studio audience? Yes. <laughs> That's right, we keep them in a Tupperware container during the week, and we take them out on, what is today, Mondays, just for us, and it is a very rainy, muggy Monday afternoon. It is a huge bummer of a day, but at least we're in each other's company. And at least we're with people we love. I don't know about people. Those are fake. Who's fake? These are well, real. This is a real studio audience. What are you talking about? It's the same. They have the same five sound effects every week, and I always forget. So which, which family member did you have that was the... Um, 
good liar that you picked up after? Both of my parents. Your parents? You're calling them liars? They're bullshit artists. Really? Oh, my God. I see your parents as being like very, what's the word that I'm looking crazy? for? Crazy? Not crazy, just very um, quaint, um, no. like well brought up kind of people. <laughs> no, my parents uh, need a reality show. That's really the level of, of crazy. What are their names? Uh, this is, wow, well, you're turning, this is my show. We're talking. This is, yes. Well, yeah, but I wanted to talk about you and I wanted to talk about podcasting because this is one of the series of episodes that we're doing called Persons, Not People. It's called, oh, I had, you know what? I actually had better, better theme music for it. I think it was this one. It's called, nope. Was it this one? <laughs> Sorry. It's called Persons of Consequence. This week. I'm sorry I can see you whenever I mispronounce your name you wince I'm really sorry but I don't I'm not it's, right. a, it's okay you're saying it really good it's okay that's yeah I appreciate it I'm not fishing for compliments anyway Uluch is a soon-to-be famous podcaster who knows who is who is embracing the millennial way of doing business and and the millennial way of being a digital native um you live here in New York and you have perhaps the most accessible podcast that has ever existed and you've done it without getting mugged or getting killed or having somebody knife you in your own apartment. Uh, I'll interject for a sec. I don't know if, if it's accessible anymore because... Because uh, you, you got you got famous? Well, not quite. I, I'm charging people big bucks to come on the show now. That's really that's really good. So you're, you're, you're making money off of your podcast, which is something that I only wish I could do. I, I should be paying you money to do this right now. Yes, but I don't have enough people who want to come on my show. <laughs> so where I need that barrier to entry. About the people that laugh in the audience. Maybe you oh, can interview yeah, one of them. Exactly. I don't I don't know. Your that's, digital uh, friends. Yeah, they're, they're very... No. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. Um, the thing is, is that... Um, no, is that is that I admire you a lot because... Uh, there's a mantra that I say, which is that you have to to succeed. You have to do the things that others won't to get it. And 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 I've done that. Wait, let's slow down for a second because sure. you just said something so deep and so profound that I think it needs to be slowed down for a second. Can you say that sure. mantra again? To succeed, you need to do the things that others won't. Sorry. To, to, to succeed, you need to do the things or, be, or want to do the things that others simply don't or won't want to do. And oh. so in, or, in order to climb uh -huh. the ladder of show business, of getting anywhere, of making it in New York on your own, you have to sacrifice, you have to go without, you have to do things that make you less comfortable. You have to do things that turn you into a better person because of, of these times where you've had to sacrifice and you've had to struggle and... I said it about myself a few years ago, but you, you're you doing things that even I don't want to do. Here, here's what you're or saying. Or have done things. You have to do, in order to be successful, you're saying that you have to do things that are out of your comfort zone. It's not that. It's not just to that. Develop character. It's, not, it's other people's comfort zones. You have to, like like you slept in your closet while you rented out your apartment to someone else for That's a long true. time. That's true. You, you saw that closet, right? Uh, yes, with the mattress. It was just big enough for, I, I mean, look, I, I couldn't Can I that. talk about this? Yes, please. I, um, is there going to be music playing? You want me to turn it off? I mean, I like the music. I think it adds a, a kind of a comical um, humorous element. To the uh, to the podcast. This doesn't sound like, like humorous music, though. But it's okay. I, I'm all it about that intimacy, man. You know, oh. so much of what I do is wearing my heart on my sleeve. That I feel like by having the jingles and the doodles, it um, it's, it's not a distraction. I like it. I do like it. But um, 
It depends on what you want to get out of this. It's true. What do you What are you looking to get out of life? Out of well, this. Look is, at me in the eyes for a second. This is different from life, my friend. This this is, is not real life. I mean, we're no. How so? It's it's nothing in media, except for maybe your show, is authentic. But the people who are on your show. They, you know, they might not be authentic. They may have something to promote, or they might have mm-hmm. something that they can't say. It's, it's, it's very. There's, a, there's a certain style that their image that they want to keep. There's a certain style or image that you want to keep. And so, I, I, I believe really that media is not authentic, um, even when it claims to be. How do you achieve your skin complexion? I have a the Michael Jackson disease. Do you really? Had a feeling. No, no, vitiligo. Don't say that. Uh, Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. No, it's... Yeah, see, now you can't put on your music. I can put on my music. It's like a a crutch. See, doesn't this... No, it's it's the style of the show. That I'm doing. Okay, I shouldn't be so quick to judge. It's... 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 Uh, I don't like... I don't like the NPR sound. I don't. And... I'm I'm naturally I'm too loud for it. What's the NPR sound? It's 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 the very kind of highly compressed. Everyone's on a very dynamic microphone and just kind of talking in hushed tones. But it's okay because you can know what you know. You always know what they're saying, and they're pretty fairly on point. So that's actually a very very good impression. Thank you. I, I can, can't I can't. This, you hear me now? This is what I sound like. I can't do I that. I can't. Me, me being authentic. I can be, we can be authentic as creators to a point, but like I said, we have styles and images that we might, might want to maintain or improve. You could upon. do cartoons. I feel like if there was a Thanks. cartoon that looked like you, you could like impersonate it. You know, one thing I noticed about your business cards is that it had a really cool um, logo of you. Thank you. And I was wondering as to um, if that was like a real image of you or if it was like a. It was a vectorized image. Vector. Yeah. So what I, does traced, that mean? I took an, I took a photo. There's a photo of me in a in a suit that tie was originally red with the beret. With the yeah beret. I can't that, say that, that word because English is my second language. Is it beret or is beret. It beret? I think it's a beret. Is the emphasis on the wrong syllable? Syllable. Syllable. Exactly. Uh, there's a real picture of me uh, that I. Do traced. you ever sit down in this podcast? No. Ever. Okay. So let me stand. I've done. Because I feel like I'm looking up to you right now. Well, it's you a, should look up to me, because no. that's how this show it's works. A huge. That's flaw. why performers are on stage. So you look huge, up to them. I want to throw this book at you right now. I need to stand because of the energy and the engagement. Okay. All right. Um, this is just how I do it. Right. I sat down for your show, even though I pretty, I believe I told you that I always stand for my podcast. That's true. And, uh, and I didn't have the cheesy music. Uh, you know, at least I'm not playing the, the Golden Girls theme song. Thank you for... I mean, it could be much worse. Was that the Golden Girls theme song? Yeah. I put it on whenever we have technical difficulties. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, also, because I'm from South Florida, it's a, I, that's, a, that's an era of South Florida that doesn't exist anymore. St. Petersburg. What? That's Western. That's, yeah, that's, that's the Gulf Coast. That's not I understand. South Florida is like Miami and Palm Beach. I got you. Anyway, you don't have to go. I was trying to give you a nice intro, or the, the, our listeners, a nice intro into who you are and how I've managed to rope you in onto my, onto my cheesy uh, tech show. Because you don't necessarily have a career in technology, but you're doing something that is very tech oriented, which is the which is you're doing basically what I want to be doing, and you're doing like I said the things that I'm not even willing to do to get ahead. And look at your success. Look at the people you're meeting. Look at the people that you're talking to. The fact that you're monetizing your podcast. Can I tell you something? It's 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 beyond fabulous, Eric. It's gonna sound so conceited, but I really I want to take over the world. Like, and it, it sounds like a joke because um, <laughs> the the first tw- like we've been. 
we've had, we have a good banter. Yeah. But uh, I but you're serious. I, I really want world domination. Okay. Domination. You want to take over the world. Let me ask you this. Is water a public resource? Yes or no? It is. I think it should be a public resource. Yeah. You think it should be a public resource? Mm-hmm. You can't can't rule the world. Sorry. Because numerous reports from the 21st century say that water is the new gold. I'm not kidding. Is this a segue into the new first topic? No. Oh, okay. We're just we're just talking. Oh, we're just talking. We're just, we're just doing the thing that you wanted to <laughs> okay. do, Alud. All right. Don't give me shit for it. Yeah, exactly. I'm just I'm I'm just saying. But uh, you know, realistically, what, the, there's a huge fight to privatize water. And uh, Nestle, the ginormous company, they is, have a bird um, and a nest on the logo. On Nestle? Yeah. You have you ever looked closely at the logo? I only saw. Saw it as a, as the text. No, look it up right now. It's a bird uh, next to a nest, hence the name Nestle. That's what that is. See, I never thought about that. I just always saw the text. But you're right. And Lee was the name of the bird. So Nestle. How did you How did you find that out? That's a good. That's a that's a good. Uh, that's a good tidbit of knowledge. Exactly. Well, I I actually kind of made that up. But, uh, uh, I don't I don't I don't think the bird's believable. name is Lee. It's it's no, it's, it is believable. Anyway, um. In Turkey, we love Nestle. Ne- Nestle is huge, mm-hmm. but they are a big uh, proponent of water privatization and buying up water rights in other countries, not the U.S., a lot of countries in South America, and it's, uh, that's really going to be a problem slash giant boon for the people who are running those companies. So if you want to actually rule the world, you got to get into privatized water. You have to get into privatized a lot of things. It's not. It's not too fun. What do you think about the uh, the Bilderbergs? What the do you think Bilderbergs? about them? Yeah, I, I don't know anything about like. How do you, ex- finan- how can you finance expect and statistics? To dominate? No, those are just the people who you know dance around. I know in, Warren in Buffett. And stuff. You know Warren Buffett. You know him? Not personally, but oh. I know of him. I wouldn't. I'd believe if you did. That's uh, yeah, Warren Buffett. But he's uh, you know he's a commodities guy. Who's done? Who finally it took him ten years to win a bet about uh, about passively managed indices uh, outpacing actively managed hedge funds? Is that a good thing? That is great because basically, <laughs> I know. Look, I I know I know. If you know nothing about investing, I know next to nothing about investing. I know only enough to lose money. I, we like, have such a nice apartment. You, you know what? Eric, I don't. I don't. I call. Own this place. I call bullshit here because there's I don't like own this place. You have like this secret income. That you are not being honest about. I, I think you have some... Here, Can I give you my conspiracy theory of you? W- would you let me? Sure. I think you, at some point in your life, uh, or before your life, had a family member who was extremely, extremely wealthy. And uh, and you're still um, kind of uh, benefiting from, from that inher- inheritance. You're, so you're saying that I have prior life white privilege. How I don't, do I... I think I, I no. I don't mean for it to come off that way. I think it should How be do I prevent against that. If anything, I'm happy for you that you had this. Um, how I should say, estates to have in your, uh, you know, bank account. I wish that were real. <laughs> I really do, Aluj. I have a negative net worth. I I I went to a school with a hundred percent tuition scholarship that I ended up owing ninety thousand dollars because that school was in Florida. That's not even a joke. 
Uh, and and my one of my goals in life is to only become successful enough so they ask me to do a commencement address and I just shit all over the school. I want to give you such a great percentage of the equity of this idea that I was telling you about okay. when you I, when I, we first sat down. I appreciate We will talk about it yeah. after the podcast because I want to do everything in my power, you guys, to... I already think that Eric has a really, really nice apartment, but I want to do... I don't own this place. I just rent here. If you listen, I'm to, if you a, listen a, to me a, for a, a second, in, I'm, a I'm going to finish the this sentence. This is a nice shell. That's all it is. I'll, all I'm trying to say is I want to give you more. I want to provide you more because I know what a good guy that you are. And the the main, main reason here is that um, if it was anybody else asking me to be a guest on their podcast, I would probably say I'm busy. Um, but I generally, generally want to do this because um, you've been there for me for so many times when Aww. I've needed you. No, I don't don't give me that off. No, I'm In serious. fact, the last really time, the last time that I needed you was... Um, you know, it was it was a really really hard night for me, and um, it was a hard night for me too. I was sick. Oh yeah, you were really sick, and I got you, uh, the crackers. Yeah. So long and story I, I short, I took a bunch of drugs, and I I showed up to dress up as as the mascot for your podcast. Should, should I, but, yeah, should, that, that uh, well, the, the short version of the story is that I I have a crazy friend named Kino, who curated this um event at this club called, called New Blue, and he wanted me to host it. But the problem was I have. I had no idea what I was supposed to host, what I was supposed to say. He he told me some gibberish about like this being like a dystopian sci-fi pre-millennial um post-existential kind of a Do those event. Do words mean anything together? That's what I mean. It didn't mean anything. You ever so peep show? Not not a peep show. There was a British there was a Britcom called no. Peep Show. It sounds like it sounds like uh, what Superans would say. It's a, anyway, go on. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's about it. And um, and he wanted me to host it. And he specifically asked for uh, Bobo, who is um, Bobo the Buddha Bear. Ah. He's the mascot of uh, of Murmur. Um, and, you know, Eric was supposed to help me out. And he he showed up. You were so sick. You were so ill. But uh, you came all the And it was such a cold day. It was like in February. And I will... It, it turned out to be a bad experience for me because I felt so out of my element. And I think I ended up having a panic attack that day. Did I you just, really? I left. Remember, I just you walked left. out. Yeah, you I did. just walked out. You did. I was. I had this... Um, would you mind if I talked about it for 30 seconds? I don't care. This is your sh- This is the show for this you. This is our show, baby. Our show. But this show I'm doing, we're doing together. And it's about really about you. Let me ask you this. What's up? Have you ever been... In a place in your life where I have to collect my thoughts for a second. Okay. Where you wanted to express yourself in a certain way, but you couldn't do that because there was an expectation upon you to act a different way. So when it came time for you to profess how you truly felt, you felt um, mute, almost silent, because um, my friend Nadir saying, hey, Oh, that's cool. Saying, are you free? But I'm going to turn off the, the sound right now. I felt very conflicted on that stage. I felt like I want to do my thing. I want to do my shtick. But uh, Kino wanted me to do be somebody else. And who that somebody else was, I did not know. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Do you know what? Do you want me to sit down? Would that make you feel better? I want you to do whatever you want. To no, 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 no. That's, that's the, I know that's a nice answer. But come on. I mean do you want it. me to? I was getting used to you standing. Oh, okay, good, because I don't want to sit down. I want okay, good. Oh, good. I want everybody I, to be in their natural element. Yeah, right no, now. I'm 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 very loud and and boisterous, and my that is petered by my asthma. 
So can I tell you something? What? I was having the worst sleep ever. I woke up three times. <gasps> gasping for air. Really? That's not, that's not healthy. Because when you have sleep apnea, you, you stop breathing. But what do, you, do, you, do you have a deviated septum? Do you know why you have sleep apnea? I think so. I, I, have trouble, I have trouble breathing through my nostril a lot of times. I think you have a deviated septum. Because the, the, the other typical symptom or causes of sleep apnea are like being overweight or being a smoker, which you're not either of those. So, I, 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 sm- I just quit smoking. Cigarettes? Yeah. How, much, how, many, how many cigarettes were you smoking? Well, I started last summer when I started dancing. Um, oh, because it's great for your to do cardio with smoking cigarettes. You'd be surprised. Like <laughs> I, maybe I would. That's fine. last summer was the best summer of my life. Why was that? Um, I I was reborn. Go on. I, everything that should have killed me made me more alive and more more funny. Can you give us an example? Yeah, um, I was living inside of a closet. Um, people, particularly girls, gaslighted me. Oh, no. And, uh, and then, you know, it, it was just a really confusing period. Um, I had a girlfriend who actually met on my podcast who I found out was like doing naked yoga. So I was like really heartbroken about, um, or doing that. I just, I lost my faith in humanity. I went through a, a, a I think pro- it's interesting because probably around the time period when you and I did our murmur was just when I was making that turning point towards like getting better again, mm. because I was like in a really, really deep rut. And then my, um, my, my father died, um, in, in a very, very unexpected fashion. And, um, you know, but strangely enough, um, it's going to sound really weird, but his death gave me even more strength. That's, I mean, that's, that's really, that's fantastic. It's, it's, I, I keep using the word fantastic. Do you know what that means? Fantastic? No, like his gaining death. strength through the death of someone. What was your relationship like with him? He was my favorite person in the entire world. And I was FaceTiming with him um, almost every single day, uh, two days before he died. He, he died um, um, a few hours before his birthday. How, um... What did he die of? Um, the local newspaper said that it was a pill overdose. Really? But um, it's still a bit of a mystery because um, the 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 judge in Turkey is ruling it as a suicide, and for that reason, at this, I'm I'm most likely going to be inheriting a lot of the debt because the way that it works in Turkey is that, um. If it's an intentional death, then um, the health insurance doesn't cover any of the debts. Oh and it's so crazy because he'd been building his dream home for the last year and a half. And I think what happened was it didn't quite turn out the way that he wanted for it to. And, um, and uh, literally two days after he moved in there, and as I said, a day before his birthday, he died. But the funny thing is, the toxicology report uh, hints that um, it, he didn't have enough substance in his system to say that it was a suicide. But um, but because when the um, when the police officers or whatever showed up to the scene and there were like pills everywhere, and he but he's a doctor, right? So I've been to his house. I was in Turkey, 
um, three months before he died. And, um, while, and the, while the house was under construction, the new house? Yeah, the, the new house was in construction. He was at the old house. But, um, you know, there were, like, pills all over the place. And, you know, that's that's how I've always known him. He's just kind of been, like, this organized kind of personality. And um, so when, I guess, it leaked into the newspaper that uh, there were pills everywhere, uh, the immediate assumption was that, oh, it was suicide. When really, in truth, the toxicology report is hinting otherwise. But what if happened? The ultimately, report should be given to the court, and then they should say, "Oh, it's not a." You would you would think so, but um, so I don't know. It's it's kind of confusing. We're rent, um hiring a uh, lawyer right now to to fight it. But at this point, I'll I'll say this to to kind of wrap it up. Um, in most cases, I, if he had told me a year ago that my father would have died under these circumstances, it probably would have devastated me even more. But strangely enough. Months leading up to his passing, him and I had like the most intimate and most incredible conversations. The way that I describe it is, do you ever see those masterclass yeah, ads yeah. on Facebook? Hi, I'm Hans Zimmer, and this is my masterclass. Right. It was exactly like, I feel like he had given me my, like his masterclass. Like these are the things that you need in your life to um, live and happy, be prosperous, and be successful. And, uh, and when he died, it was like the final lesson. Like, I had an opportunity. I could even, I could wallow in the um, sadness of the circumstance, or I could take all of his teachings and apply it into my life right now and um, use his lessons to elevate me to a new level. And, um, and that's what I did. I, I went out dancing every night. <laughs> where That's how I got into smoking cigarettes again. And just every day until 6 a.m. in the morning at Nublu, I was dancing my ass off. That place saved me uh, for an entire summer. Every night, I just, um, I lost myself. I was talking to God on, on, on the dance floor every night. I would cry, like, but like cry out of joy. And um, yeah, and I've, right now, I'm, I've never been in such a good place in my life. I'm so happy. I'm happy that you're here. You're like, you're alive. Look at your beautiful fingertips. You know, there's a, you have like a little scab. Like I look at it. I, I feel the pain on that, of that scab. And then I look at you. I, I see your, you know, even though you have this facade, Eric, I know within you, you also have this like golden radiant, like kilogram of a gold nugget inside of you. And, um, and like, I just want to give you a big fucking hug. And like, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting like effusive here. Uh, am am I getting too talky here? Oh no, no. This is, I I I mean, it, it's. I'm dropping a big load on you right now. You really are. I mean, I'm not even gonna play. It's it's too it's too heavy to to even play any cheesy sound Please. effects. Please, no. I want you to play. No, no I because... want you to play the dumbest sound. Give me the dumbest one you got. The the dumbest sound effect yeah. I've got. Uh, I don't. I mean, that's a that's actually that's a challenge. You think about it. I don't know. I don't play it. Play it. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> See, that's beautiful. Thanks. That's I, great. I, it's but what you're talking about is something that's really that's really deep. It's very heavy. It's very personal. Have you ever seen anybody die before you? What do you mean, die before me? Like, like in literally, front of me? Have, like it could even be an animal. Has any living being, Does creature, died die in, hands? in front of me? I mean, not like an ant, other than like something that I've, like a fly that I've killed or something like you that. You did it per, uh, on purpose? If it, yeah, but it's like a bug. 
Like a mosquito. I know. I don't like mosquitoes. Cockroaches. Any well, of those. I usually try to even save cockroaches. Uh-huh. But um, but like mosquitoes, I have very few um, mercy for. Very little mercy. Yeah. But I I relate to your story. Um, are you don't still... relate. Let's move on. We've already moved well, on no, to cockroaches. I, I, well, I, just, I, I understand. I, I relate to your story because last year uh, my uncle died. And what was his name? Uh, Jerry. Jerry Newman. How how tall was he? He was actually he was six feet tall. He was the tallest person in my family. Oh my gosh! And I would six feet is not that tall, but it is when everyone in your family is five nine. So you looked up to him? Literally, yeah. And uh, he was he. Uh, Let me guess. He was the least bullshitter of the family. No, we all kind of did it. Um, he was the oldest. He was, I guess, he was the second oldest of my dad's siblings. One of them is estranged. The oldest one, Brenda, I think she's she died a long time ago. Uh, but I, I'd been close to my uncle Jerry since I was a kid and, uh, and he died last year. He was in his early seventies, uh, from complications due to liver cancer and, uh, and other things. But in the, in what you said that his death gave you more hope watching him, he took, he took too long to die. And I'm saying that in a very good way because he was on, he was in hospice. He went to Sloan Kettering for cancer treatment. The doctors told him, you've got three weeks left to live. He lived for another year. And he got out of the hospital. He got out of hospice. They said, we can't, we're kicking you out. You can't keep staying here. And the way that he approached life, knowing that he was on the brink of, of everything just shutting down, he could be eating lunch and everything it could just be like, you're done. He had no fear, no worry at all. And I'm sitting here like George Costanza, just freaking out all the time mm-hmm. about is an anvil just going to come crashing through the ceiling and, and 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 bonk me on the head? And just watching his, the way that he would joke about it, the way that he would talk about it, the way that he just he really lived life at the end. And it's a lesson because it's at least a lesson to me because his amount of personal strength is is more than what I've got. I know he's. 40 years older than me, but it's a real lesson. Um, and I think that of the people who, who have died in my family, that's, it's, that's the, his is the most influential on me so far, not just because it's the most recent, but because of, of his outlook on it. What month did he die? August. Okay, I uh, see. Last and, year. And, I, and how I, many days before he died did you last see him? <clears throat> um... It was a month. I understand. He and was in the hospital no, during that month? Okay. He was in his apartment, yeah. and I hand-catered Katz's Deli to him. Oh, I wow. went to I went to Katz's Deli. In he was in the East Village? No. He was. He lives in lived in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Okay. I, I got Katz's Deli. Wow. And then I took the train. Wow. I walked across the George Washington Bridge, and I gave him a fresh pastrami sandwich with a liter of Dr. Brown's cream soda. Because he, because he, everyone in my family loves, I mean, Katz's is, is a real treat. And the fact that he was, while he wasn't in the hospital, he was very much immobilized. Like he could walk around the park next to his apartment complex, but he couldn't go into the city. He couldn't do anything mm-hmm. fun. So knowing that, and the fact that who everyone loves cats, is, um, you know, I got him. I got him the uh, the the Jewish deluxe with you know the pastrami on rye, extra pickles uh, with the, with the Dr. Brown's cream soda, and uh, and he loved it. And and I told him what I just told you that. His outlook on on life and death is it, it it blows my mind because it's so far outside of what I can comprehend. Mm-hmm. 
in terms of emotion, in terms of just how I neurotically have to plan ahead, how I neurotic, even though I ironically didn't plan for the show today, like you, mm-hmm. but like how I'm just constantly thinking about what if and what then and what, you know, what happens and, and just to really, really live in the moment and to just not care. Mm-hmm. I mean, really legitimately not care and just enjoy yourself. Perhaps. Um, it's, it, it, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe when we, when we're um, in the throes of, um, of death or dying. And this is an interesting thing because a lot of your uh, paraphernalia in your apartment is related to dying. I noticed that. I the, there's uh, in the living room, there was a Disneyland poster that said waiting to die. Well, and then I'm looking at another one, <laughs> a rocket those were ship. from a set. No, they listen, hold on, hold on, listen. They were from a set of listen, posters. Listen, listen. And another one in your bedroom saying we're all going to die, 101. LOL. And okay, LOL, I'm sorry, <laughs> 101. <laughs> Uh, okay, maybe it is from like a set of posters, but here's the thing. There's the Morton Salt. Morte, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's dying. Everything. The, is, yeah. the fact that you you choose to surround your surroundings with this kind of decoration implies that um, death is like something in your subconscious. And uh, hold on, let me psychoanalyze you for a second. Could it be that your tendency to want to plan everything and uh, and have everything in a certain order is your way of evading death. Mic drop. I, I don't know what to say. Where'd that thunder come from? I wouldn't be surprised if it actually thunders outside because um, it's really, really dark right now. I know. Well, that's because it's 8 o'clock at night. What's the darkest song you've ever heard? Darkest song I've ever heard. That's, that's another toughie. Shine on You Crazy Diamond's pretty dark. Wow. And I used to know how to play that on guitar. Now, if can can you see my eyes watering up? Yeah, I remember when I went to see uh, David Gilmore. Um, when he did "Shine On You Crazy Diamond," there was it, they had the most beautiful um, video segment of to Sid play Barrett. on the big screen. Yeah. It, it didn't have uh, Sid Barrett on it, but um, I, I know the background of the Sid Barrett story with right. him being in the studio. Blah blah. Well, that's what the song was then. about. Too. Exactly, but this video was. Um, it was like very slow motion, and it was showing the transformation of this young, young child slowly turning into adults. And I don't know if you can actually find the video on YouTube because it might just be one of those official video that they used in shows, in, right? in concerts. I don't think you can actually find it, but it fit so perfectly with that song that every time I listen to it now, I always associate it with that uh, huh. with that video. Well, Pink Floyd have always done some kind of video stuff with their shows, uh, whether it's random film footage or other things I, I waited on the on nick mason one time nick uh the, or, the, yeah, drummer. the drummer he is the only member of pink floyd to have played on every Everyone. you know about this right i pink floyd used to be my favorite band i also shook david gilmore's hand one time that's you met you met david gilmore and tom york like, oh, oh, oh yeah that, those are that's like number one and number two on my list man i that's, have that's, that's that's i have something crazy to tell you about um what did you get a call from him well, not from hey, him, but uh, but I'm really hoping I'm I'm in talks with um with the management, and there's a chance that um I don't know. Well, not many people are going to hear this, but I'm trying to get um hey. Ed O'Brien, the the guitar the guitarist. It was it was maybe going to happen last month 
when he was in town to do Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, he's in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, Radiohead got inducted into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Did last they? month. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, I need to. So when he was in town, he was good. I was going to try to get him to come on Murmur Studio, but now it's getting maybe delayed to August. So keep your finger. Whoever is well, listening I, to I this, should, I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk badly about Radiohead on this episode then, because you don't like them. No, no, no. It's if I talk badly about Radiohead, it's similarly to how I talk badly about Apple. I'm in love with them so much <laughs> that it's just like yeah. you're, you're hurting me on the inside. We're yeah. really mad, and and uh, and and I'm I'm serious. Um, but uh, it that's uh, I I I don't know what to say. To when that. was the last time your balls dropped at the sight of someone you really admired? When you walked in the door. Oh come oh. on! That was the wrong sound effect. Anyway, oh, yeah. Um, oh, it's one of the GoPros out of out of battery. No, I'm just pointing it at you for oh, a second. That's great. Right on. I my want all of this on. I have, on a, record. I have a nice face for radio. That's why I do a podcast. Um, or or what is it? No, people say, oh yeah, you're not that. I, I have a face for radio. Or sorry, I might I might have a, a face for television. I have a body for radio. Um, well, face for television, but body, body for, for, radio. for radio. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, Logic is doing one of those things where if I move up the. Vader, is it going to move back down? Oh, good. That's one thing that bothers the crap out of me when dealing with logic is I have this digital control surface that, like, you can see the pods move on their own. If I, control, if I change something on the computer, it'll change something over here. Oh, I see. I and, see. Gotcha. And, vice, and vice versa. But what happens is because logic sucks. Who cares? Nobody cares about this shit. No, this it, is it, it's, no, it's because what might happen is you get to the end of an hour or two episode, you don't have any of the automation, you don't have any of the fades in and fade outs and all that stuff, and then, I, and then when you have to piece it together manually, A, it's a lot of work. So what can we do about it right now? Nothing. Exactly. But hey, it's just another thing that's another anxiety attack. Well, what here's the thing. So, there's nothing we can do about it right now. No. The best thing that we can do is to um, ignore the gizmos, the little gremlins. That's true. Here, here's a question. This is this is a real question I wanted to ask you. Uh, when when did you when did you get when did you start listening to podcasts? Um, I got really into podcasts when I got I got really into Mark Marin, WQF. Okay, and he was really really he he was the reason that along with humans in New York were the reasons why I started to murmur because. I thought, um, and here's the thing. What I think, year was that? Uh, 2014. I did my first episode of Murmur November, December of 2014. So you, you, got, you started listening to podcasts in the same year that you started doing your own show? Pretty much. Uh, or maybe a year, I got into podcasts 2013. 2013, maybe even 2012 is when I got into Mark Marin. And you were listening to Marin, and he's just in his garage I was just listening. People. I got so hooked. I didn't even care who the guest was. I just uh, that explains your show entirely. You, uh, you don't. You didn't even care who the guest is. It's because you're inviting random people over. It doesn't matter, and that, they all turn out to be fantastic guests. Eventually, I made it fantastic, even if the guests themselves, which uh, is your talent as a host. Like that's the real. You know, that's the talent that you bring. Well, here's the thing: you can you can t- you get grab any idiot on the street and get something <laughs> good out of them. No, I'm serious. That's not easy to do. And I'll tell you, I'll just, I'll, I'll let you, I, I know you have something yeah. to say, but like in the engineering circles, in, in, in my world, in technology, there's a vast inverse proportionality between engineering talent and your ability to put words together in English or talk. And so if I, I know quite a few really good engineers, senior developers doing this 20, 30 years, 
You get them in front of a microphone, they can't say anything. But if you if you mess up in code, they'll write you a whole page of things you did wrong. Yeah. You know, with yeah. with with a lot of profanity in it. But then, Holy you, then, shit. They, then, you, then they then they sit down and you go, you know, what'd you have for breakfast today? And they're like, ah, eggs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, everybody's brain works a little differently. It, it does. I, I will but say I will say talent. one thing. I will say one thing. What's that? Um, I did discover eventually that you know the people coming on murmur. I can't. I can't call them idiots because when when no, two, don't do that. Here's here's They're what guests. happens. Here's what happens. Let's talk about chemistry. Even though I don't know anything about chemistry, when two elements, two completely disparate and different elements come colliding with each other, you never know what's going to happen. Right? right. Sometimes a positive reaction and sometimes a negative reaction. Maybe sometimes going to explode or sometimes the combination of those two elements will turn a different color. Or I don't know. There's no such a thing as a good or a bad guest, just different synergies. And if I'm in a place where I can be very present and very in the moment, I can make it a really, really fun thing. Even if it's a guest who has nothing to say, I've learned how to make that I learned how to use that to my advantage. And that's the shortcomings your of my guests. Right. And if they should have short if you can call them shortcomings. Uh, no, I mean But here's another thing. Here's, I'm going to say one more thing. Sure. I read a really cool, cool quote of uh, Daniel Day-Lewis who I actually used to um uh, make drinks for at my last bar. Oh, uh, he loves cosmopolitans. Um hold on one second. Oh, your, phone is, your phone is lighting up. Hey Nadir. Hey, I'm in a podcast. Oh, sorry. You're being sorry, recorded. Are you free after podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see you tonight, okay? Can you come quick here and help me? I'll pay you. Okay, no problem. I'm going to be there as soon as I can. Okay? I'll message you. Bye-bye. I think Nadir we- wants me to uh, be the bouncer at, at the club tonight. Oh. Okay. I, which I've only done once Do in my life. you put on a, a muscle suit? No, I'm really nice. I'm probably the... I used nice, to I used to be a nice bouncer, bouncer for, for Prince. You're, but you're like a normal-sized person. Oh, for Prince. Never mind. I meant, <laughs> kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. I'm just saying, no, it's not a, not a uh, drag on him. It's kind of... A, you know, for Prince, it kind yeah. of, I, could see, I could see that. Did he give you like a purple suit to wear instead of no, a black suit? No. Well, uh, to, to be fair, I worked at the club where um, he popularized. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a place called First Avenue in Minneapolis, and that's where he filmed and recorded Purple Rain. Oh. So that when you watched a movie, that's a club where I worked at for five years. How did you end up in Minneapolis? Um, I grew up in Minnesota. You grew I, up in Minnesota? Yeah, since I was nine years old. That's why I got this weird, like, Midwestern Turkish twang. That is a, that's, that's why you sound like this? Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, I grew up in, in the I Midwest. Never, I would have never I guessed Minnesota. I was a corn-fed Turkish, um, you know, uh, foreign exchange student. <laughs> I don't know if I was a foreign exchange. That's what they used to make fun of me as in middle oh, yeah. school. They, they used to call imagine. me the foreign exchange student, like behind my back. How and many really... people did that? Uh, maybe maybe not because it was too old. There's that um, no, SN, places, no. SNL sketch uh, with Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, thank you. Play the wild and crazy guys. You I don't know about that this. One? No, no, that was from like. I, the, ha- I have to say something. Say it. Um, I have to s- get this out of my system. The the quote by by Daniel Day Lewis that I was telling you about. Um, I'm gonna paraphrase for a second. He talked about how people are kind of like walnuts. You have to crack them. Some are harder to crack than than others. But when you crack them, guess what's inside of a walnut? The fruit. The nut. Right. And what do you do with that nut? You eat it? 
And how does it taste? Bad because it hasn't been roasted or salted yet. Well, here's the thing. It tastes raw. What, what what tastes better? A nut that that was just cracked open already in a box or one that you actually have to work for and then eat? Depends one. on how many nuts you want to eat. That's also true. You want to eat a whole bunch of nuts, you might as well just get the 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 tin of them. But isn't there something satisfying about cracking it open? I don't know if you, have you ever cracked open yes, a walnut? Yeah. Give me that. I want to I want you to I have I got it locked in so you have a good composition. I know, but you're I feel do like, like you're this the very s- manual two camera pan with for, one GoPro. For once in your life, I want you to be the true star of the show. Why thank you. I mean, this is this is my podcast, but it's interesting how you're like you're you're turning the tables on me and I was trying to turn the tables on you by having you over here. Well, here's the funny thing. I don't I, think I can't I think control you. No, I think this is how it should be. We're on the same level right now. Absolutely. You're as engaging as I'm engaging. Yeah. Um I so I I still I find it very interesting that you you got into you started listening to podcasts and then you got into making your own podcast within essentially a year of each other. Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to say. So, you, um, so uh, it was humans in New York and WTF and, by and Mark Maron. Yeah. When you put when you take two ideas and splice them together, I think that's when you come up with the really really cool stuff. So um, you like Marin's standup? Yeah, I do. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. Um, his podcast is not what it used to be. It, it changed a lot in the last. Um, I I went from listening to him religiously, like I would. It was like almost like my antidepressant. Like I need to mm-hmm. listen to an episode of Mark Maron in order to sure. get get through the day. And um, now, what changed? And maybe some people will agree with me, or some people won't. But I feel that it's either because I've listened to him so much that, like, I know everything about him. That when I listen to it, it's like nothing new because it just sounds like he's repeating himself. Um, but I think that. He lost some of the emotional vulnerability that he had in his past episodes, perhaps as a result of um, starting to get like more well-known, um, you know, celebrities to come on the show. Where now it just feels like he's—it genuinely feels like an interview, like he is, like a journalist. Right. Whereas before he was like, oh my gosh, you know, I just a guy, not just a guy, but he was like so. He would just like put his heart on the table, like uh, unabashedly. Is that the word unabashed? Yeah, that's a good word to use. And and do you think because his fame and celebrity, that's kind of necessitated more or less PC? Is it? I wouldn't. I don't. I don't necessarily want to call it political correctness, but is it forcing him to become less authentic? Or here's a here's a better word to use: more brand safe than perhaps being definitely, true to himself. Definitely a lot safer. Because and, being and, brand safe is what will kill you if you get uh, with any of these uh, digital media monetization platforms. But, but even when he's brand safe, uh, people seem to still like him a lot. Um, so There is something about there. Uh, there's something about his show that, I, that rubbed me the wrong way. How so? I don't, I don't know. I've, I've listened to... I've definitely listened to my share of... I guess maybe not, because I haven't listened to it in a while. I've listened to quite a few WTFs, um, and I, I like the interviews where it's, it's like I kind of know the person who he's interviewing, mm-hmm. but there's, I don't exactly know what it is, except for maybe the fact that it sounds too sanitized, and I, I believe that a lot of the allure of podcasting 
and this goes back to the authenticity stuff we were talking about, is how raw it is, how it's just like us with my apartment that's furnished by Amazon, talking into these microphones that I bought on Amazon, talking to, you know, it's like it's a, it's a very kind of makeshift, but very, very organic thing. And his, while it started that way, his, his ad reads sound like they're on the radio, and I never listen to him. Bill Burr does ex- has exactly the same sponsors until he pisses them off and then they leave. For the most part, he's exactly <laughs> the same sponsors as yeah. Mark Marin. And they couldn't read them differently. A, Bill Burr can't read. And, <laughs> and so he fumbles his way through the copy, but he turns it, he makes it, you were talking about experiences. The, he turns the, the, the hideous experience of listening to interstitial mid-roll radio ads. He turns it hideous experience into something entertaining, into something pleasurable, into something that you actually want to listen to. And then when it's, when it's Marin, it's just this, it's just, it's a, it's broadcast quality, which is a real compliment. But at the same time, because we grew up with all that, we don't notice it doesn't, it doesn't stand out. You know, it's just, Oh, go to carbonite.com and click the radio microphone in the top right corner and hit type in promo code. So Marin. here's the thing that you're saying. Just, I don't, you want it to be more, um, excitable during the ad reads? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that it, it kind of play. I, there's something that's too homogenous. What does homogenous mean? Everything is consistently the same. Okay, okay. It doesn't... There's something that's too homogenous about his show, but it does sound... It sounds like a radio show. But here's the thing. I, I figured out his formula. You know what he does? He interviews people? Well, he, he, he always at some point in the first five minutes of the conversation goes... Oh, so where were you born? He like he does like this That's thing so, where such a cliche kind of first question. No, though, no, no. It? I mean, he, he does it well, but he does this thing where it's like the biography of so and so. He go he, right. Let, let's start at the beginning. So where were you born? He goes in the 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 talent or the subject we'll talk about. Okay, I was born here. Oh, what'd your folks do for a living? That's his other like favorite question. What what'd your folks do for a living? And then um the the, the podcast is like a chronological narration. Of the actors, or the musicians, uh, ups and downs throughout their career, leading them sure. to where we are today, and um, and that's cool. Like he has his own thing, but um, <laughs> I guess I like it when it's a bit more haphazard, or at least what I do is more. Ha- I'm more all over the place, but perhaps some. It's just a style thing. Maybe I can't critique on that. But let me tell you, if I were to see Mark Marin um, in person... Would you ask him, where were you born? What your parents do? No, I wouldn't do that. I would... I'm I'm really grateful for him, because if it wasn't for him, I I probably would not have um, gotten the idea to do Murmur or... Um, see, I'm my eyes are watering. I, I'm talking about Mark Marin, and well, I'm, I know, and I'm talking shit about Mark Marin, and then he's making me cry. Just like, just like, just like me and Radiohead. See, it's the same yeah. kind of no. Anyway, um, I, I get, I get what you're saying. And so I'm very grateful for it. It's, it's interesting to hear. Uh, In fact, I one of my, one of my other heroes uh, messaged me today. Go on. Well, uh, he's, you don't have to say uh, he's, a, he's an opera singer. He Pavarotti. Um, no, no, no. So not, one of the three he's a, he's a black Pavarotti. Um I'll I'll give him a shout out. Lester Lynch. Um he, he's the reason why I'm in New York. He's the guy who took a chance at me and um flew me to New York How'd City. You meet him? At a YMCA in Minneapolis. He was in town for three days to do a concert. And those two days we struck such a beautiful friendship that um he offered me to work as his assistant 
at the time I was chicken shit scared, so I turned him down. Um, and then about a year later, when I was like really in the th- throes of like, um, you know, like I don't like that people use depression as like a really like word that they just throw around. But I was really, really like really sad in Minneapolis. Like I didn't have any friends. I was so isolated. And let me ask, just because you mentioned it, what it, what, what what do you qualify as a difference or difference between just being sad? obsessively sad and being depressed in your mind yeah, this is a very yeah. subjective question i want you to yeah. throw away i'll tell all you. those ssri tell ads you. tell me being depressed for me is like um being submerged underneath this like deluge do you know what deluge, deluge means yeah. deluge like a tsunami it's like being underneath the tsunami wave where you not only feel like this like heaviness, this pressure on your shoulders and your head, but also it's just, um, it's funny. It's, it's funny to try to talk about it. Like after you come out of it, right. Cause right. It, it kind of feels a bit like a blur, you know what I mean? But when you're in the throes of that, uh, that state of mind, it, it really is a state of mind. Um, it's, it's, it's so, is it disabling? It, it's is it... so disabling. It's it's crippling. It it really is. And um, you'll always second guess yourself. Um, everything that you do, everything that you say, every single inflection that you make, you end up criticizing yourself over because it just sounds either f- f- the hardest thing about during the times that I was really really like let's say depressed. The hardest thing for me was. Having to show up to an environment like a party, let's say, oh, or like a friend worst. gathering, where you have to put on this face, on a happy face, and it's so and you can't do it. It's so hard. I totally understand. And like in thirty minutes, you end up like already saying things that you don't mean to say because you're trying to be this thing, trying to be this person, but your your soul is not there. Your soul does not allow you to be that excitable, loving party person. So. You end up giving a wrong projection of yourself, and people look at you kind of funny. They're like, what's wrong? Like, there's something off with them, but they can't put their finger on it. And then you go back home feeling even more shitty than before you even showed up to the party. Because you knew it was going to happen. You knew, like, showing up to the party would bring that out on you, which is why you didn't want to go. And then you go, and it happens. You're like, damn it. I This is not what... This is what- It drives you down even further yeah. into this hole. And... That's the part of depression that I think is really, really hard. You know, you're always doing th- doing these things to come out of your comfort zone or to come out of this rut. But it's very often that we might get even pushed down further as a result of trying to. It's a constant fight. It really, really is. Um, so the people that are like really stuck deep inside of that rut, um, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride, you know. Like once you're strapped in, you just kind of have to finish the ride. I know for a fact that um, at some point, everybody who's listening to this, you will find a way to find strength through your hardships. And in my case, in each occasion, each instance of my life when something seemingly disastrous or miserable happened, in the long run. It turned out to be something to, uh, I know it sounds cliche, but it, it turned out to be something that now I'm like, I'm so, I'm almost 
grateful. But this is a very hard state of mind to get to, you know. It, it requires a lot of... Um, it requires... Um, a lot of bad stuff happening. <laughs> a lot of bad stuff happening. I'm serious? No, I, I totally... I to- I've been there. I totally understand. Um, what... How did you... How did you climb out of it? Um, was it your father's death? Yeah, my father's death was a huge turning point. But a month before his death, I... Like I said, I started going out dancing. And I never, ever danced, ever in my life. I always thought it was just a goofy... Um, like, I just thought it was silly... I always felt like the laughing stock. I, I never was ever in a place in my life where I felt completely like fluid and open with uh, with body gestures, sure. you know, like movement. And I, it's, can I indulge myself for one minute? I mean, we've been talking for an hour. Go for it. Um, I realized something really, really interesting. You know, I think the reason why I was so suppressed for such a long time is that, you know, in Turkey, we're, we're like really passionate people, right? By nature... When I grew up, I was such an emotional, passionate, and like um, brimming, like exuberant kind of a kid. My my childhood was the best childhood ever. Like from the day that I was born until I was nine years old, like I can pretty much recount every single day of my life. Those were like the those nine years were like the golden years of my life. Like I, wow. I have such a amazing childhood, and I came to this horrible place called Minnesota, and suddenly it's like I went from being the most popular kid in school to being that loser foreign kid. And, um, and the environment of that small town in Minnesota. Now I realize for the people there, it's, it's seen as awkward to have an over display of emotion, which is what, what my people are all about. You know, we like, we love passion. We love feelings, but in Minnesota, if you project too much of these so-called feelings, it's seen as weird or it's seen as, um, little too much for the people to handle so you're saying that the people in minnesota are very cold very just like I, climate. very very much so so i think when it when I, by the time i came to new york it took me a really really long time to come out of the shell because i was almost like just suppressed sure you know what i mean so through dancing that i started to do finally a year ago i just um i got totally back in touch with my inner kid again can i ask when was the first time that you went dancing in this stretch? I I remember... First time. I remember I was walking through Tompkins Square Park that particular day. I was working for a podcasting company, actually. I only worked with them for like two months, and then I just you totally you bailed. You didn't sign a, like an intellectual property agreement with them, did you? I don't think so. It no, was, you, would have, I, you, you know, you would have heard from them by now, so it's fine. It's, it was called Mouth Media Network. Mouth Media? Yeah. It sounds like... Never mind. Anyway, uh, <laughs> like a porno thing, doesn't it? Mouth media, well, verbal now, pornography. Well, now that I think about it, mouth yeah. media. I'm gonna like show you all sorts of, of pictures yeah, with my mouth. Yeah. Can you talk with semen flowing out of your lips? I've never been in that situation. You've never before. accidentally ejaculated into your mouth. That's the only way that that could have happened without giving someone else a blowjob. And no, because I try to angle it away. Anyway, <laughs> uh, hey, hey, you know that's 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 being authentic. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but no, the, the, you were you were in this really serious depression. How oh, did you decide that? I can tell you the story. By the way, I'm sorry, I got exactly distracted. What I'm looking for. I'll tell you the story. I want to know. As you're just kind of mulling in your own stuff, 
You have your you have every you have everything in the world just circling mm-hmm. around, cycling, circling around in your head. How do you get to you know what? I'm just gonna try to dance. That sounds like a line from a movie, Aluj. Like yeah, I'm yeah, serious. Yeah. Like well, how the, do you how do you what how did you do that? The friend that just called me a second ago, Nadir, he's Which I understand you have to go soon and to, to help No, I, I I'm I'm here right now. Oh. I'm I'm fully It's fine. I'm so enjoying this right now. Oh, it's okay. It was oh. bound to happen. But the other cameras. At least going. it wasn't. I thought it was like a smoke alarm or a carbon no, no, monoxide no, no, no. alarm. You know, um, a lot of things happened to me up until between September of 2017 up till April of 2018. Within those six months, we could do an entire podcast about all the things that happened. But um, I remember I had worked my shift at Mouth Media. And, uh, and I was thinking profusely about my um, ex-girlfriend, the one who I'd met on my podcast like four years ago. She saw one of my street flyers, came over to my apartment. We had a lovely connection. That's two, a hell of an organic relationship. Yeah. And then two years later, she moved in with me. She moved all the way from Florida. Where in came, Florida? St. Petersburg. Oh, that's why you're okay. Uh, exactly. And uh, she moved in with me. And there were things that, you know, I don't think I truly, truly knew myself. In that time period. And there were things that I did wrong. And she did some wrong things too. And anyways. Um, I was at Mouth Media Network. And I was, just, I was just like thinking about it every day. I remember every time I walked around the East Village. I would always do my best. To just keep my head straight. So as to not. Potentially see her. Because just even the sight of her. Would have like destroyed me. And I'll. And it was a particularly fragile day for me. And I was walking, I'm, I keep saying, I was walking through Tompkins Square Park and I keep digressing. But as I was walking or I was riding my bicycle, I saw her from a distance. At first, I couldn't believe it. And I saw another guy standing next to her. And I just stood still. I just, I looked at them. They were laughing. They were smiling. They were walking closer and closer towards me. And, uh, just as she was passing by me, she noticed me and she said, she just said, hi. And I ended up coming back home and just crying so hard. I called my dad who like maybe a month and a half before he died. And, you know, he had so many nice things to say to kind of console me. I was, I was really troubled by, I was very, very traumatized from the things that have, because, that happened in those six months. Um, I mean, it's not easy for anyone. I, I don't. Yeah, think. and I'm not. I'm not even like. I'm not giving examples because, like I said, it could be. We could save that for like a whole other podcast. But no, I understand. Uh, but you broke up with you. I mean, you broke up with a girlfriend that you were uh-huh. living with. You ran into her randomly, and then a month or so later, your dad dies. Yeah, but but before my dad died, um, on, the, on the same day that I ran into her on the street, Nadir called me up and he said, "Hey, do you want to come out to Nublu?" Because uh, that's like a club where he kept inviting me to come, but sure. I would always turn him down. And finally, I went there, and I, I'm not sure how it happened. Maybe it was just the right amount of beard. But um, suddenly, and I'll never forget, they were playing a talk, this like really weird talking head song called uh, "Seen and Not Unseen," and it's so trippy and so dark, but it's like also funky and dancey. And um, can I dance really quick? I mean, would you mind? No one's gonna. Say- yeah, sure, go for it. You can't dance by the way I move, I walk, I'm a woman, then no time to talk. You can't love 
and then walk up in the damp, even the time I'm walking out with all that. And that's all right. You can let in all the fame, and we can't dance. Anyway, my BG's impression. And um, that's. And so I felt you, like I was talking to God. And you really were dancing like no one was watching. I was dancing like a fucking maniac. People would, like, I would walk outside to have a cigarette after one of these, like, six-hour dance sessions, and people would just look at me like, who are you? Like, what planet have you come from? Like, I just started to... It was so... Renewed. It was... I, I don't even know how to describe it. I've never... I Thank God for Noob. If it wasn't for Noob, I don't think... I would have made it. I'm going to say it. I don't think I would have made it if it wasn't for that club. And so I have to pay my dues today by uh, being the door guy. <laughs> hey, tonight. you know what? I mean, it's all for quid pro quo. I, yeah. um, it's such a, that's such a healthy way of getting over it. I'm serious. That. What you, do you do? I'm still depressed. No. Uh, that do you take is, medication? I, yes. I take Celexa. I don't take it for depression. Oh, you... I take it because I'm a crazy weirdo. I Anxious. Have, all of my disorders start with the letter A. I have ADD. I have anxiety. You have Asperger's? I have asthma. I ha- I'm an asshole. And I no, might, Asperger's. Not I might asshole. have Asperger's. I'm not... Uh, what, what have I been saying? I don't have it, but if I told people that I had it, everyone would believe it. So that's not even really much of a joke. But it's just like the amount of people that I've run into in my life... That, and especially when I was younger, and if I said to them now, oh, by the way, you know, I've been diagnosed with Asperger's, they'd be like, I, I, not, it makes sense. So I, uh, but to be perfectly serious, I've worked with someone who really had it, and I know what the real, what, like, the non-joking real Asperger's is like, and it's not fun at all. But that's another story. Um, the biggest thing that I do is I, I walk. I walk a lot. I've walked to Coney Island from here. That's 13 miles. I've walked 16 miles in five degree For some weather. reason, I imagine you doing everything um, just by yourself. I do a lot of things on my own. And I, I don't like the, I don't want to say that I've become a loner because that has this bad. How old are you? 31. Okay. How old you don't, are you? You, don't, you don't seem 31. I'm turning 30 in two weeks. That's a big one. Yeah. You get a new pack of cigarettes when you turn 30. It's not as good as the ones that you got when you turned 20, but they're still all right. They're better than the 40. How do you know? Because I'm 31. I'm on the other side of it. You smoke cigarettes? No, you get it. It's a metaphor, but you get it. It's the last, yeah. you're 29 is the last cigarette in your pack of youth. And uh, I will have to say, uh, I'm so much more happier now in my latter end of 20s than I was at the beginning. You know who you are. Do you? Uh, I shouldn't have. That was a leading question. Do you know now more who you are than? What am I doing? You're nodding, but that's not anything on we can hear. I'm agreeing. Yes. Um, what is it? For me, the the big thing that I I, I do is I walk egregiously. Um, and and I I just get this. It gets out so much energy. I mean, bad energy. You know, physical energy, mm-hmm. calories, everything. And just by the time I get back, if if like. What time, would you do if calories were your friends? Like, um, if I just had a fantastic metabolism, like I each calorie, never... each single calorie was like uh, was like a friend that you were losing as a result of you, um, you know, walking so much. It depends on what happened if I kept all my friends and if I would just slowly get bigger as a person or not. <laughs> so, like, if that didn't happen, then I would like them a lot more. But if I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I haven't, and I also, you could do a whole podcast episode about this. I have a, weird, a very weird well, relationship. While walking to Pony Island? 
Uh, yeah, we could, but um, I actually have some lav mics, but uh, lav mics, lav, lav, lav oh, mics. okay, or just like clip on, you know, microphones. Gotcha. Anyway, um, how long have you been talking? I'm I'm really enjoying this. In a, in an hour or so, an hour ten, I think. Okay. Yeah, uh, like what? Five more minutes? It's as long as you want to talk, man. Let's do ten more minutes. Okay. An hour and twenty minutes sounds fair. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, I think I that's mean, a pretty I, this decent. This is an organic project. conversation. I don't necessarily. I mean, personally, and this is just you know me talking selfishly. I don't want to put an abrupt end to it because I I really like the flow. I really like the flow of this conversation, and I feel like that will get to an organic end. But I don't want to just put a set a timer on it unless you. I unless know you, you don't want to go you don't want to puncture it um, uh, insincerely. Insincere is that the opposite of sincere? Yeah, insincerely. Okay. Well, it, and it's also because like I, like I said, it's, this is a very. I mean, it's don't a very even hey like don't I don't don't even explain. Okay. It. This um, is what can I tell? This is the most. This is the one thing I've learned the most um, about myself. I think uh, I, I've had friends. I had this, a girl that once told me, "You know, Ulich, you don't." You heard that pop too, right? It was weird. Yeah, it's like it stopped recording, but it didn't. We're fine. She said, "You know, you don't have to explain everything." And that blew, kind of blew me away at the time because I always felt like I felt so misunderstood as a person that I felt like I had to explain everything for it to be made clear. But sometimes, um, don't explain. Huh. To move on to the next thing. Okay, that's fair. I have a similar affectation. I, I nobody listens to me, so I try to explain it anyway. Uh, when was the first time you heard the word affectation? No idea. No idea. No idea. This is a word that you just kind of acquire via osmosis. What does it feel like to be such an um, eloquent speaker of the English language? I need to read more books. I need to... I, you, you see all those books in my living room, but I haven't read... Well, you can't see them from here. The door's closed. But I have a, I have a stack of books that I just I need, to, I need to read. And I keep not doing that and just reading Wikipedia instead, which is not a book. Um, but arguably, it is learning something, even though it yeah. can be edited by anyone. But did you know that your brain is... Able to absorb information better if if you if you're able shining to hold an actual, light at your eyes. No, exact opposite. Th- these books have turned. I used to be such an avid reader, Uluj. I like when I. I mean, what millennial wasn't into Harry Potter when it came out? And I, uh, unless you're going to say, well, you didn't, you weren't. But like, I remember, I went to the mid. There's a Harry Potter coffee shop in my neighborhood. Okay, that, that needs to. Happen. I really want that place to uh, erupt in flames. Cast a spell. Anyway, um, I know the Harry Potter fandom has gone too has gone too far. But my point in telling you this story was it, it really chronicles my uh, adeptitude, if that's a word, at reading. Because I used to when the when the fourth Harry Potter book came out, I went to the midnight release at Barnes and Noble. The book was seven hundred fifty pages. I read it in a week. The fifth book came out. It went was to the midnight, thousand pages, right? It was yeah, it was up there. Midnight release went to, got it. I read the first th- five chapters and no, the first four chapters. And I remember reading the heading on chapter five and then something clicked in my brain and I put the book down and I stopped reading for pleasure. Like that's, I don't know what happened except for the fact that within that year I got a television and the internet in my room and that has to have a connection. Interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I mean, the amount of time I spent reading is, I mean, Goosebumps, Animorphs, Boxcar Show. I loved Goosebumps. All those yeah. series, series of books, Scholastic Book Fairs, all this stuff 
just to throw it all away and read Wikipedia on my phone at two o'clock in the morning. I don't know. Maybe this was the natural progression of things. I don't know, but I need the real stuff is in books, and the real stuff, and I need to read more books because I I I don't like having this dependence on. Is it disgusting culture. how much we um, admit to ourselves that we need to do certain things that we never end up doing them? The way that I relate to myself reading books is like someone that needs to get back in shape or go on a diet. Like, oh, I need to, I need to do it, and then they never do it. I'll go to the gym next week, and you'll never, they'll never do it. Like that's how I physically, you're okay. I think you're meant to be a skinny guy. I appreciate that, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's, it's that kind of. Uh, like you, my girlfriend wants me to get, have my belly get this big. She no. has like she has a fat fetish. She does. Is she so, a feeder? Uh, like a feeder. Like like she well, feeds she you she doesn't bed? feed me, but she encourages me to eat more. She she doesn't cook for me. We we eat out a lot, but um, she huh. she often wants me to be like, um, uh, like she wants me to. She Why? does want me to gorge. Yeah, for her, I guess she says that it's sexy. For is what does her dad like, look like? I never met him. He, I'm very upset with him, actually, because I gave him my um, audio interface oh, that yeah? he was supposed to fix because uh, there's a wobble. The, um, the jack won't go in. It's an easy fix, but I don't know how to do it myself. Sure. He's an engineer. He was supposed to do it, <clears throat> and for four months, he had my RME UCX audio interface. And That's I finally crippling you without I, it. Exactly, because I've been using like a cheap like Ubisoft like uh, thing, and I finally got it back a week ago, and he didn't he didn't even touch it. Wow! Like, and that that guy could be my father in law. Well, don't talk in such grand terms yet, but you should see what he looks like, and maybe that might be why she wants you to gain I some weight. T- uh, he, she told me that he looks like the ugly version of Robert De Niro. Okay, Robert De Niro when. <laughs> anyway, um, I you know, but like I mean, my my dad is uh, up there in terms of pounds. I come from a long line of eaters, and where does he uh, accumulate the pounds in the belly and the butt? I mean, the... he's, at this point, he's like a balloon that's been inflated. Because I have, I, I'm chesty too. He's no, he's. I mean, like I said, at this point, he's just like a balloon that's been inflated, and we're the same. We have the we're the same build. If he had a pen, would you pop him? It'd be nice. It'd be healthier for him. I always try to get, I always, every time we talk, I try to, uh, you know, crowbar and how are you, how are you doing on the whole diet and exercise thing. Um, but, and he, and, and it's, it's so funny, his response, because if, if you substitute food for pot, it sounds like he's a drug addict uh-huh. where he says, oh, you know, I don't really have the time to not uh, have a gallon of ice cream for dessert. I just wasn't feeling it. Okay, so if I said, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really feel like, I, I didn't really feel like I had the energy to not smoke weed before I went to work today. Would you be okay with that? No, that's not. No, that's exactly the same thing. Like, did you, would you be okay with that? I got really tired all of a sudden. I don't know why. You're saying like something really interesting. Oh no, I put people to sleep. It's okay. No, it's like, it's the first time that happened this conversation. I maybe maybe are you are you that relaxed? Where you maybe maybe did, maybe you, you didn't put anything in my drink. Did you? Kicked in you? Yeah. You know, I'm I have a phobia of um getting roofied. Yeah, because well, at least it's, you're not a girl. It's, it's happened to me like twice. Oh my god. Kind I'm of. so sorry for that insensitive I got, remark. I got um, accidentally drugged. One time it happened, and the second time I thought it happened, I got so freaked out. And um, what was that? Could I like? You didn't know that you were roofied. Where were you? Well, the first time it happened. Long story short, um, 
I was staying over at this friend's house and he had a tray full of laced brownies that I didn't know were laced and I ended up eating half the With tray. Pot? Well, here's the thing. I ended up going to the hospital because I thought they were going to have to pump out my stomach. I didn't know what was in them. I, all I know is that 15 minutes after eating it, I went to the bathroom to relieve myself like uh, violently and then uh, I just started tripping out really, really hard. And it was couple months later that I was able to get the report from the hospital and they said that it was what I had in my system was a high dosage of cannabis along with another substance that they could not identify. Ooh. Now what that means, I still have no fucking idea. And because the, the friend claims that there was nothing in them is, uh, nothing is, in them other than weed or nothing in them at all, nothing in them at all, at all. Is, oh, and I don't, I don't no. talk to, yeah. Um, so anyways, long story short, um, that like, and the funny thing is, I've had this phobia even before that happening. I remember when I was working at the nightclub, I was the busser. You know, I was the guy bringing the... Uh, sure. I used to be a busboy. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was the guy bringing the plastic cups from around the club back to the bartenders, and I would wash the cups. And here's how paranoid I was. I thought that because I had like a, even like a little slit on my finger, that if the drink oh. was roofied... That me mixing in the water, like the roofie was going to come what into What gave my... you this paranoia? Is it just all the media about the, the dangers of it happening? You know what? I used to do a lot of... Drugs? <laughs> I did. I did do... Okay. I did partake in... Dr- it's today. okay. You're not running for I did, president. It's no, fine. it's just the way that was going to sound like... I used to I do, do a lot of, lot of drugs. <laughs> I didn't want it to be like... Hey, you know, show baby off-y. boomers are proud of that. So, you know, why not us? But yeah, I, I did, I did uh, everything in high school. I did acid. I did ecstasy. Yeah, That's, in high school, when wow. I was 15, I, I did acid three times. Wow. I've and, never uh, my, done acid. And my third time was an absolute disaster. Um, and trip? I'm, like, knocking on the uh, the oh, it's okay. the table. Um, so I think around the time I was 18, I started to develop a really bad panic disorder uh, that I had. Were for, you on anything at the time? Drugs? Yeah, were you just and re- recreationally taking anything? Um, I was, and... I initially thought that the reason why I was having these panic attacks, I, first off, I thought I was losing my mind. I, I didn't know what a panic attack was. Mm-hmm. I was 17. Um, but uh, I, I put two and two together many years later, and uh, it happened as a result of a sucker punch that I received in, in high school. A kid with a brass knuckle um, punched me when I was looking, like, really, really hard. Why? It, like, gouged my, like, like you can't tell, but, like, I think it was this eyebrow the doctor did a really good job of sewing it up, but it like flipped over my eyeball. Oh, it was just like blood gushing oh, out everywhere. Disgusting. So it happened a, a day after I, after that event, and for like a month I had to wear a huge eye patch. The day after that, I started getting these panic attacks, and at the time I thought it's because oh shit, I'm another Brian Wilson case. I I did too much drugs. Where's your pet sounds, buddy? My pet sounds? It's murmur. Oh, <laughs> that's okay, touche. <laughs> You can listen to it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be not anyway? My podcasts are six hours long now. What are you, Joe Rogan? That's a. I'm doubling up on Joe Rogan. If you okay, if you manage to get uh, Alex Jones on Murmur, I will... is he the is he the conservative guy? You, you know, he's the. Uh, uh... They've been making radioactive cows for the last twenty five years. He's a conservative guy, right? I I think he's beyond conservative. He's just a a, a troll. I, he's such a bad human being. Like oh, bad, yeah. bad doesn't. He's so successful. Let's not even with that bad the, energy. But if, but I would love to talk to him. I mean, the problem though 
is I watched about 30 seconds of him on Joe Rogan. I said this on the last podcast episode I did, but not with you. No. I, so, like, that was a six-hour episode. I've I've been a lighthearted, comical, humorous-based fan of Alex Jones for the last decade, let's say, because I love conspiracy theories. I just don't yeah. believe them. So the stuff, I'm serious, the stuff that he says is hilarious. Just don't believe it, but people do, yeah. and that's the problem. But I have a, um, one of the many disorders I have, I have a sound disorder. And What's the sound disorder? I am very sensitive to small noises. Oh, interesting. Like the one that I'm making now by creaking. I'm taking a photo. And that's okay. And uh, can, I, can I mug the, mug the camera? Or is yeah. that why I got cut out of that Airbnb stuff? Because I mugged the camera too much. No, it was like a 40-second commercial. No, I know that, but I, I, re- I didn't realize until I, I saw the... I like this the... photo, by the way. Oh, thanks. I'm doing almost like a thirsty pose. That's yeah, a good... Thanks. Um, what is it? I, uh, anyway. No, so it's Alex... a good one, too. Hey, thanks. So Alex Jones sa- already sounds like uh, trying to start a boat motor. Which is like that's actually a good and that's what he sounds like normally because he's a chain smoker and I hadn't seen him in a while basically since he had got banned from everything and he was on uh, Joe Rogan and there's a few things one that he didn't realize you have to also do cardio when you're working out otherwise you're just going to get muscle and fat Um, and so he just looks beefy but the other thing is that he's he has to be smoking more now than he ever did because he has, I have a ton of phlegm problems that I blame on my Judaism. His have to come from, so what I'm saying is he can't say a sentence without, like he says it three words at a time and he does a hard swallow every other word. So my view of him on Joe Rogan was just like, so Alex, what do you think about, you know, the trade war we're having with China? And he goes, well, China, they're going to take your kids and they're going to sell them down the, down the river. And you're going to be buying them back. No, I'm just like, I can't listen. Six hours. I can't listen to that three words at a time. And you could hear him swallowing. I just, I can't, I can't do that. There's another podcast I can't listen to that's great. And I'm a huge fan of the, of the host. I can't listen to it because of his breathing pattern. And I used to, yeah, it's Penn Gillette, Penn Sunday School. I used to love that show. Even though it's a very cliche podcast formula where you have a B or C level celebrity and their douchebag friends that jerk <laughs> them off on the show. I remember that one time I was on Bullshit Pen. Yeah, it was funny. It was 15 years ago. But, like, I, it was, I, love, I love Penn Gillette. He was great. Um, and, but his, his, his podcast, Penn Sunday School, um, he had this breathing pattern where he would take this <gasps> giant breath. I mean, he's a huge guy, too. But he'd take this giant breath at the beginning of a paragraph, and that's all that he would hear. <laughs> and so, like, I'm listening to it as I'm doing work or whatever, and I'm only kind of half listening to it. And then my Sorry. pattern recognition thing and my brain kicks off and I realize that all I'm hearing is <gasps> and I just can't even hear what he's saying anymore. I just hear him breathing. <laughs> and then I had to stop listening to it. Because yeah, be, be, you're no longer listening to what he's saying because you're anticipating the next the next breath. Next breath. I know. And as someone who has asthma, like it's I, I get it. It's it's hard to breathe, but have some. I can't. I, I can't. Oh, come on. I, you, I don't you want know, to. Do Not, you you know it, why? No. I ate so much sweets today. I understand, I, I but can't. it's Passover. Don't don't it's force Passover. it. You know don't why? force it. It's but you know you know why I, I we have this because it's tradition. 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 Seriously though, that's about that's why. 
Have you seen Fiddler on the Roof? No, I don't want to. You don't want to? No. That's okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, we've Listen. been talking about a lot of stuff. I have a couple. I have a couple like actually technology related questions for you. Then we can cut it. Let's off. Let's run there. through them very fast. Okay. I want. I want five more minutes. I'm. I'm. You know, I'm getting. I can, I can I'm getting tired. tired. For some it's fine. That's fine. I, I know. It's. 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 It's draining being with me. Um. What is? <laughs> uh. You didn't laugh at that. Uh. What is? Um. So you. How many? How many episodes of Murmur have you done now? Hmm. It's officially. I have. I just posted the 284th, but I've had over 500 guests on the show. So because of the influx of guests coming in, um, I have no choice but to put five to six guests per episode now. Five to six guests That's why per it's six, six hours long. Why not just make them smaller episodes? Here's the thing. Um, I recently started to, maybe about four or five months ago, um, or actually about a year ago, I started to write my introductions. Because even though I feel like I'm a good conversationist improviser uh when it comes to just being in a room all by myself and doing the monologue i ramble sure i'm not good at having a coherent that's uh, why we have show notes that's why i wrote down the introduction there you go it's a you think you think you have it in your head but when it comes time to actually say it the, it at just, the right it, way it doesn't come out no because it you're thinking too much about the performance so i write on write out my monologues and they take a lot of time because uh they usually uh pertain to things that are going on in my life. It's very autobiographical. And when people, I try to keep it to four to five minutes. And when people listen to it, I want it to be kind of like, um, like a lesson, like a little gold nugget that they can glean. Sure. And if I were to do that monologue for every single guest that comes on the show, I wouldn't be able to release murmurs. So it just makes more sense to have that one monologue and have six guests because I'm, there's so many people coming in the show. I still have, conversations i have about 25 conversations from the la- even from the last year that wow. i still need i'm trying to catch up to what do you do for marketing you're almost at the point where your marketing can run itself but what do you do now to um, promote your show i'm fortunate enough that people are paying money to no no but i mean like uh, let's, well let's airbnb airbnb is doing a lot of things so let's let's talk about that for a second and i and I, we'll, we'll we'll keep it short mm-hmm. um when were you contacted by airbnb uh, they, they didn't contact me. I went. You to, wrote them a letter. I didn't. I noticed that they were doing this new thing called experiences, and I thought, oh, I feel like Murmur could be a cool experience to offer on this and platform. And it is. And initially, it got denied because uh, it was so new. I don't know. Whatever. A year later, I tried it again. It got accepted. Um, I set my. I remember at the, when I first got on the platform, I felt so guilty for charging. Why? For charging people money to come on the show, that I was charging one dollar, and even that one dollar, I was thinking to myself, "Oh my god, like this is embarrassing! Like, how dare I? How dare I ask money for someone to be on my podcast?" But it was during that time period that I was like, you know, as I said, like dancing and all these different things started happening to me, and I finally got murmur to a place where I had always envisioned for it to be which was an experience, an immersive experience that is an exploration of our collective subconscious. Now, what I say, what I mean by our collective subconscious, what I mean is so much of like the games that I do, the wordplay banter that I do during the uh, podcasts are these um, techniques that I use. 
in order to facilitate a conversation that's sure. very much in the moment. So it could be something, maybe you said something about a cheetah, like Cheetos, like we were talking about Cheetos. And I could, my next question could be, when was the last time you rode on a Cheeto in Africa? So, sure, because, you know, the Cheetos has the Cheetah logo. Right. So these sudden, like, impromptu questions that's still very much pertinent to what we're talking about, but still a huge jump. Right. Allows for an answer by you that's um, that you have to answer from the subconscious, like, in the moment. It's something that's not rehearsed, and suddenly we're both in... That synergy. You know, and we're and honestly, I like that better than just Marin's chronological way of asking people stuff. One day, some, one want, day you, the I'm world sorry. will realize. I'm sorry, you want, you, you want your clap? I'll give you. Here is your applause, Alouz. You really, it's deserved. Like, I, I uh, seriously, though. Like I said, Marin has just become monotonous and monotone, and it's just kind of him doing his thing and uh we already had we already gave but i'll just say one thing after i it's gonna sound maybe pretentious but i'll own up to it because i really really believe in this after i honed this technique so well to a point where i i'm i was so confident that it will work with any person coming in and by the way the quality of my murmurs increased like went through the fucking roof after during that dance period like somehow me doing that allowed me to become a better um, podcast host. And as a result, I, I started to say, you know what? I have, I've curated this unique experience that I don't feel bad about putting a price tag on. And that's just my explanation of that. I, I will not disagree. I am, a, as I mentioned before, I'm a big fan of value for value, quid pro quo. You're definitely getting an experience. Nothing comes for free in this life, especially in New York. So why not charge <laughs> It was for it? free for four years, though. It was free for four years. I've That's talked right, to so. every crackhead on 7th Street. See, I, you did. You put in the work, and now you're getting the benefits for it. And I, I appreciate that. Let me ask you. Let me ask can, you I, can I say one more thing? What's up? So I actually had a guest. This is interesting. Uh, two months ago when she booked my experience um, for hundred dollars it's a hundred dollar podcast i know pricey i'm asking a lot you don't, you, but, don't, you that's your job now right but, but here's the thing in that hundred dollars you get a little uh yumosh uh teddy bear right uh stress ball two dollars to make i make the turkish coffee cents. on the hot sand i read your fortune at the end of the conversation uh you get a nice little uh letter i give a lot of gifts you get a i, I make these evil eye bracelets every guest gets a handmade evil eye bracelet wow. so you get a lot of gifts and you get the experience it is a whole of the experience it's, it's a it whole together. experience that i'm curating but this lady who she was so upset she booked it because she said that look i'm in a place where i can afford this but she said she implied that i don't think it's right for you to put a price tag on something so unique and special. And I do agree with her to an extent. I will say just one thing. Even though Murmur is now a monetized um, platform, for those people who maybe don't have the money or can't afford it, I offer complimentary Turkish coffee and fortune reading sessions where um, I, I posted flyers all over the East Village. I can't do it for Merman because it takes too much time to edit the sure. video and the audio. I mean, you've already got six people on, on every episode. You, you're, exactly, you're and I'm still up. trying to play catch-up. Right. Um, but 
because I want to be true to the the roots of the project, I'm still on doing these. Like I'm still saying, look, come on over for a cup of Turkish coffee, but it'll be off the record. Uluj, I think you're doing everything that you can do. I'm I'm trying. I I no, I'm, I'm I'm serious, man. I think you are doing everything that you can do to make this a wholesome product, uh, and to make to make it something to make it a real experience, so you get something for your money. There will always be people. Did you enjoy this conversation? I did. Did on you a, enjoy this conversation? I liked it a lot. On a I, scale of one to five, what would you? How would you rate on, it from I have, your? I have like two more questions okay. to ask you. So you were doing Murmur for how long before you diversified into doing? Um, what was your the coffee is called Cave? Cave, yeah, yeah, yeah. How long? How long? Uh, when did you start doing that? So the last time I saw my father was um, February of 2018, and I kind of was forced to go back to Turkey because of that period of um, sure. depression that I was going through. And him and I, in those five days, um, we had such a profound, we had such profound talks, right? Talks that I will never forget. But uh, one thing that really moved me in particular was, um, I, and I found out about this later. Apparently my dad, since he, his youth, in his 20s, he was really into fortune reading, reading of the coffee grounds, uh-huh. of the Turkish coffee. In fact, I think that's how he, how he would like pick up girls, because <laughs> a lot of his friends told me he they would say like, "Oh, he was fucking good." Like your dad was yeah. amazing uh, at reading fortune. Yeah, honey, let me tell you your fortune. What was that? Is that, what, is that what he would say? Like, how do you like? I don't know. Never mind. Anyway, go on, go on, go on. I don't. If I have to be don't honest, worry about it. it's, it's okay. It's okay. Let's go. And he gave me a fortune read uh, that I was lucky enough to document on my camera, as he was giving me the fortune read. I was like recording in my iPhone, and he he had words of such inspiration and hope in a time of my life when I had so very little of it that um, it just it made me go, you know what? I don't know how to do this, but when I come back to the States, I decided that I'm going to implement this into all my murmurs. Did I read your fortune? No, I okay. was on before that. You were before, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, why I, I, that's why I asked. When okay, I, I, like, I like to have you over for a complimentary sure. session with you and a friend. I, I, I want to give... Because it's it's really really fun. I'm not I'd, like I'd those. Know, I'd love to. Do ooh, yeah, I'm not. No, it's, it's not fine. a fortune telling place. Somewhere it's, in between the uh, Chinese food and the psychic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. No, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. No, yeah. absolutely. Um, you're doing what's called. You know, uh, it's the business strategy you're doing is called the halo effect. What does that mean? In the center, you have your main product, and then you have a halo of tangentially related, also monetizable products that then lead back or feed back into. The central product inside yeah. the halo, and that's what you're doing. It's yeah, a very exactly. effective b- business strategy. And can't tell you the third thing that I'm doing. What's the third thing? It's you're doing the coffee. Are you doing the fortune readings? Uh-huh. You're doing the Turkish coffee. You're doing the podcast. This is the fourth. No, 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 no. The Turkish coffee and the fortune read is one. Okay, that's one thing. All right. And then the second thing is the podcast. Sure. And the third thing is uh, is a new thing that I created called the Celebrity Safari Tour. Oh, okay. Can and, I put um, on cheesy music for that or not? That's no, fine. <laughs> We're at the end. We're at yeah, yesterday I had my biggest turnout. It was completely sold out. I had 14 people. Wow. 14 tourists show up. And um, Did you guys a, just walk around? We like, walk around the East Village. I take him, I have like a little slideshow on my iPad where we go to like Madonna's first apartment. Then we go to a scene from uh, Anthony Bourdain's uh, Parts Unknown. Oh, my then God. Then I take them to the bodega where Rihanna shot like this a is great. paper magazine. And tourists love this kind of stuff. And at the very end, we go to the Bowery Hotel where um, maybe I shouldn't openly advertise it. But uh, we, we go to this hotel where um, 
there are daily, daily celebrity sightings. And paparazzi is always waiting outside of and on the sec- first tour, we, we ran into Jason Momoa of Aquaman. Mm. As he was coming out, he was doing press work for Game, Game of Thrones that week. Wow. So a lot of the people from the TV show were staying at the hotel. And then um, um, two, days, uh, two days ago, we ran to uh, N-City, the K-pop band. They were at Tompkins Square Park. And uh, yesterday, we ran into uh, Spider-Man's aunt. Um, Not we, Ant-Man, but well, Spider-Man's. Uh, uh, well, can I show you this really yeah. quick? Uh, one of the guests on the tour recognized her, and uh, he went in. Asked her for a photo. I think her name is, uh, you recognize her? Marissa Tomei or something? Oh, my God. That sh- that's Marissa Tomei. She still looks like that? Wow. Yeah, so, you know. That's, we- she's incredible. So, anyways, you know, I'm. I'm we, they- she plays P- She plays uh, Peter Parker's aunt in, in Spider-Man? That's what he said. That's what I remember him saying. And he, and he recognized her as we were passing by a Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Have you ever seen my cousin Vinny? No. That's like that. When I think of Marissa Tomei, that's what I think. She played Joe Pesci's girlfriend. She was 28 in that movie. And he was like 48 in that movie. And she talks like a real Brooklyner. And it was an accent that she either put on or yeah. took away from what she sounds like in real life. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's uh, anyway. I, I used to say that I sounded like her when I started doing this show, especially because when we were at Radio Free Brooklyn, we could just curse all the time. Oh, yeah. Don't mention the so. Radio Free Brooklyn. Oh, my God. No, I, that's right. I totally forgot we have that connection. We don't need to talk about them. Uh, it, it's, 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 I was, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, and then at the end of the tour, I tell the people, like, hey, now if you want to be a celebrity. <laughs> if you want to be a celebrity, come on go my visit podcast. your local library. Oh. So it's like it's part of the halo effect, like that's, you said. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, you're. And then people that come on Kave, the, the fortune experience. Right. I give them a free pass to the celebrity safari tour, so it's, uh, it's this like, is that's your that's the halo. You're doing it. This is a method for success, sir, and I, I salute you because you're doing it yourself. I just quit my bartending job two that's months ago to do this full time, and I'm not saying that to be like braggadocious, but no, no, no I just want to say this it, that it, if a boy from Turkey coming to a place like Minnesota, not being able to speak the language properly, and feeling completely lost and isolated, can find a way. To come to New York, st- start off living in a freaking tenement house with like 20 other people, and then work his way to getting his own apartment in the East Village and work and make a living only by doing what he loves the most. I don't say this to be cliche, but if I can do it, honestly, anybody, everybody can do it as well. And that's the American dream, I think. Is there so, anything else? I think this a was a really good, great coda to just put it to bed. So, yeah. how are you feeling? I, uh, you know what? I'll tell you this. this Have is, I brightened your evening? You. This is. I don't. I'm not going to use the word brighten, but it's a. I, I, I'm ending this show. This is 77. Number 77. I've done. It's a lucky number. Is it? Seven seven. Oh, okay. there yeah. you go. Um, I. I'm ending this show with a different tone and a different energy than I had the previous 76 episodes because of you. And uh, we talked about some really heavy stuff. We talked about a lot of serious things. We talked about some technology. But I think that this was the reason why I had you on. Because I wanted to go inside of your head without asking where were you, bo- where were you born and mm-hmm. what did your parents do for a living. And try you to, could have, I think those are good questions. I mean, that's too. fine. No, but, I, you know, it's, it's, I also wanted to, to, to highlight the fact that you are a solo, uh, you're, you're a real entrepreneur in the sense that you're doing it mostly on your own. 
and you've built out an excellent model for expansion for you've monetized your podcast something that you've created out of whole cloth and it's 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 admirable to say the least it's respectable to say the least it's it's really you've accomplished something and i you know i don't know how much i mean you'll internalize it a lot more in a couple of years when you have jimmy kimmel telling this to you but it's going to be you know i uh hopefully not jimmy fallon but hopefully you know but like it's uh you know it, i'm serious you're you're really you're really doing something special and you're use and you're doing something that really couldn't be done in the 20th century there were too many gatekeepers to media even the first decade of this century you're doing some, podcasting didn't come out until 2004 2005 and can't tell you're doing can't say something one more thing? because wait, let me okay. end on this you're you're doing something that's at the nexus of the democratization of media of the the inexpense and democratization of of recording technology whether it's audio or video the heavy um uh the heavy commoditization of bandwidth costs and and hosting and storage that it's it's like a right place right time kind of thing where you wouldn't have really been able to do this without corporate sponsorship 10 years ago and 10 years from now you'll have 20 people ripping you off so that's the best compliment that I can give you uh, because it's, it's something that is really taking advantage of not just who you are, but who you are combined with where we are and where the industry is. And that's why you're such a success. I think, and um, like to like I said before, you're doing the things that others don't want to do. I think you said something so important, which is that um, the, the key to success is looking to your immediate surroundings and working with the tools that you have within arm's reach. I feel like so often we look further away to see, oh my gosh, there's this shiny thing. I need that in order to catapult myself into where I want to get to. No, if anything, if you use your limitations, your limitations can very often lead the way to more creative things to occur. So I totally agree. You know what? I am taking advantage of this moment. I'm doing everything that this moment has to offer in my surroundings, you know, all the tools, and I'm using it to my advantage. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll I say that with pride, and I you think should. other people should do that as well. You, yeah. you absolutely yeah. should. One other thing that I will say is that um, I think so many podcasters struggle with getting well-known guests on the show because you know you just said something interesting. You're the most said, well-known guest I've ever had. Ah, uh, whatever. Whatever. I'm just yeah. Um, Podcasters getting well-known guests on their show. Yes. Um, I remember I was at a... My girlfriend messaged me. We were going to eat at the sushi restaurant. And she showed up. And she text mess- She messaged me and she said, Hey, um, oh my gosh, I, I want to leave this restaurant because I'm sitting next to a homeless guy. And I'm like, how could that be? Like, This is like a really nice like, restaurant. You know, I said, just hold tight for a second. I showed up. And the homeless guy that she was referring to turned out to be Eugene Hutz of uh, Gogol Bordello. Oh, my Gogo? God. Yeah. yeah. And he was sitting next to us. And um, I don't know where I'm going with this story, but... Um, looks can be deceiving? No. Well, looks can be deceiving, too. But uh, before he was leaving, I just said, uh, hey, is your name Eugene? And he says, yeah. And he has that like very like uh, you know, heavy Eastern European accent. I can't even like do it myself. And uh, and I told him, hey, um, 
do you think um, I could have your publicist information? I'd really like to talk to you. And I remember what he said to me. He said, oh, is it for a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. and if, if it had, the, okay, now I remember what I was saying. If it had been any other point in my life, I would have allowed for that to like get at me so much, you know, like discourage me. Like the yeah. way he just said, podcast. You know, it was so like demeaning. He plays gypsy music for a living. He can't demean anybody. <laughs> his his yeah. like his persona is being poor. You can't demean people when that's your persona. Anyway. Well that's that's what he said. And um and uh it was funny because his his manager, whoever he was with, stole my girlfriend's umbrella because uh, this, uh it was as him and I were talking, we were engaged. From the corner of my eye, I could see her mouth go. Like this, and I had no idea why, but she told me afterwards that it was raining hard that day. So the manager took the umbrella that she had in the basket, yeah. And just we, so now when we say, uh, when we want to, when we talk about something getting stolen, we say, Oh, uh, it got Eugene. That's hilarious. Uh, Eugene Hutz, for you, demeaning my podcast, I have the right to talk shit about your thief. Of a manager, a friend, or who well, like, that was. Yeah, it's not, it's some kind of correlation so anyways, with the, the gypsy music that they make. I'll just know. end this on this note by saying that if you're a podcaster, take pride in what you do, and uh, and do not allow anybody to discourage you from what you're doing just because it's a. Uh, yes, this is the lowest rung on the show business ladder, but show business is a very vapid and uh, self-aggrandizing business, and whenever they see somebody successful, they want to tear them down. Can I say hi to my mom uh, before we go off the record? Why don't we just, well, you want to okay, just Okay, it's okay. Yeah, let's just end it. Okay. Uh, Uluj, it's been more than a pleasure talking with you. This it was like, good. This is like quite a serious podcast because uh, I usually have all the bells. I mean, literally the bells and whistles on my, uh, yeah. <laughs> on my soundboard. But this is, a, I, no, this, was, this, this was a much deeper discussion, and I'm very glad that we had it. So my, the only question that I have for you. You do know that this is going to be in a documentary in 10 years this conversation I is going to so. be like on netflix and you're going Who to be do you able think to... it's going to be about you or me hopefully both of us anyway i have one more i have one more question for you and i hope the answer is yes uh Uluj, do you approve of this week's pull request what's a pull request the name of the show oh. <laughs> i do yes <laughs> okay <laughs> How you know what? It's I can't. It's we've been talking for two hours. That's the best. I need to put that as a tag on the front. It's like what's a pull request? <laughs> that was funny. Zinga. Tell, yeah. Um, all right. How about you, our wonderful studio audience? One <laughs> great. Okay. Well then, let's all hit merge, and we'll see you next week, hopefully, right here on Powerquest. This has been the Pneumonium Production. The views and opinions expressed on Pull Request do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium, LLC, or its subsidiaries. This week's theme music provided by Volpec. Visit them at vulfpeck.com. <laughs>